Hello everybody, this is John. Uh, before we get into Rush, I just wanted to record a little message that this uh, episode was recorded back in uh, 2018. And of course, Nikki Lauda was still, albeit in and out of the hospital, you know, still alive and kicking. Uh, but as of uh, May 20th of 2019, Nikki Lauda has since passed away. So, this episode is a bit of a tribute to Nikki, his life, as well as James Hunt's life. And the movie is fantastic. We had a lot of fun covering this movie. I've always been a big Formula One fan, so for me to get a chance to do this for the show, to do this as a Beyond the Hate episode, is very big for me. And I feel like this is a bit of a tribute to Nikki and his life. One of the toughest sons of bitches that ever raced. To survive a fireball for nearly a minute in a race car is, I, I don't know how you even describe something like that. And then to not only live on and fight on after that, but to be a three-time world champion is fantastic. And he was a fantastic human being. So this episode is dedicated to Nikki Lauda. Rest in peace. And I hope everybody enjoys it. Four, three, two. I'm Steven. I'm John. And we survived Infinity War. Right. Uh, couldn't take half, not even half of us. Like, right. I mean, am I right? Thanos is a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest about that. <laughs> yep, because we're beyond your hate, Thanos. <laughs> yeah, we will take you down. Right. Uh, spoiler alert, we're going to be in the next movie. We're going to rip that fucking shit off his arm and slap him with it. Right. <laughs> we may even get Tom Cruise involved. To right. beat him with his dick, right? Uh, <laughs> Which has to be registered for you know for being a daily. Weapon. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> um, today we're talking about what are we talking about? Today we're talking about Rush, and we're not talking about the band Rush. Our Rush Hour. Our Rush Hour. No, uh, but we're talking about Rush, the 2013 movie by Ron Howard about two of the greatest F1 drivers of all time, James Hunt and Nicky Lauda. Right. Uh, played by Daniel Bruhl as Nicky Lauda and Chris Hemsworth as James Hunt. Yeah, Thor plays James Hunt. Right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think... Uh, oh, and before I, I forget about it, Max Verstappen, since we're talking about Formula One, finally, right. in like a full episode, yes. Max Verstappen got second place in France, so that means we have Jaeger bombs. Yeah! So, 
Good job, Max, on getting number two. Hopefully, next week in Austria, we can get number one. And get number a, one. Get a uh, win for uh, Red Bull, you know. Let's get that going, Max. Ah, it's the drink of the gods, it is. I drink all mine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of sip on mine. Uh, just because I didn't want to... I don't want to do all that at once. <laughs> but that's what she said. <laughs> uh, oh man. Okay, so we're talking about that and uh, also in the last episode we did a tribute to Vinnie Paul, so you guys really need to go listen to that yeah. and pay your respects. Um have a, you know, have some Jaeger on the behalf of Vinnie. Have some Jaeger on the behalf of Vinnie and then put on a Pantera album. If you don't have one, buy it on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Apple hasn't sent us any money yet, no, so we might need to stop. <laughs> send us that check. Give us the check, bitch. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but uh, we will take any check as low as two zeros. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We need dollars. <laughs> Here's a 20 spot. Cool. <laughs> That's at least beer for one show. <laughs> yeah. Unless okay. It's some of that Jean-Claude Van Damme, and it's 16 fucking dollars a bottle. Hey, we're not going to bash on it. It was delicious. It was delicious, but fuck is it expensive. It's $16 a pint, but hey, you know. The beer we're drinking today is nowhere near that expensive. No. Uh, it which, is. Yeah, let's go ahead and do uh, it. Since we're, since we're doing that, this is uh, Mama's Little Yellow Pibbles. <laughs> And this is a this is a Pilsner Mountain Pilsner, and what's the name of the company? It's uh, Oscar Oscar Blues Brewery. Yeah. yeah, Oscar Blues Brewery. Too bad it wasn't Oscar Isaac's. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Drink you up some Poe Dameron, uh, sexy beast. <laughs> I'd have uh, cases of that shit in my fridge. <laughs> yeah, Poe Dameron ale. Steve would be like, I'm fucked up. I can't go to work. What happened? Uh, I drank some of that Poe Dameron ale, and I'm too fucked up to go anywhere. Too fucked up. But this is uh, 4.7% alcohol, so this isn't probably going to get you fucked up. No, unless you drink a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, so we have our Dying for Life draft that we're going to go ahead and proceed with this week. We took a break last week because it was martial arts tournaments and whatnot. Yeah, which um, was actually pretty fun. It was awesome. Um, so uh, we got to nominate two dead people. And then nominate two people that are alive to take their place. Um, you know, last uh, last time we did this, just to recap, Harvey Weinstein went to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he's probably about to go to jail because he's finally back in America. <laughs> and in hiding. jail, he'll be the plant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you like, you like to jack up in the Pisces, huh? <laughs> How about you, the poinsettia today? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, he'd be more of a, uh, of a he'd be more of an azalea type guy, wouldn't he? Uh, he, he, I don't know. Is there a bitch lily? <laughs> That's what he'd be if there's a plant called that. Yeah, but anyway. Um, okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and nominate someone, Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna nominate Robin Williams to come back. That'd be pretty awesome, yeah. Especially because, I mean, I I don't know about some other people who might be listening to this, but like we grew up like watching Robin Williams movies. Mrs. Doubtfire, motherfuckers. Hook, motherfucker. Like seriously. <laughs> 
Julia Roberts was Tinkerbell. Right, yeah. Beat that shit. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, Patch Adams and shit. Yeah, that shit was depressing, but funny. Right. <laughs> how do you pull that off? Yeah. Robin Williams, that's how. That sounds like Channing Tatum's <laughs> career. Depressing, but funny. <laughs> He's like, thank God I met Jonah Hill. Yeah. God. Or he'd be on suicide watch right now. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it would be bad. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you nominate somebody. Okay, so I didn't have prepared for this at all because I was... You know, uh, because he doesn't know how this show works yet. He's only I've, been doing... <laughs> I'm, all, I'm just interning, you know. But, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll find a permanent guy here eventually. Yeah, I know. <laughs> nobody can do this job like me. Because nobody really wants this job, to be honest. But Yeah, uh, it doesn't pay at it, all. It doesn't pay. Uh, it actually cost me $15 a month <laughs> to run this show. It's like, it's like doing a subscription to Crackle. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're paying them money, but you're not getting anything in return. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, but the person that I would nominate, because I was like trying to think of somebody that I would really love to see back, and I was like, and then they clicked, I'm like, oh, well, we're talking about Formula One, so I, sh I would bring back Ayrton Senna. Ayrton Senna. Um, how do you spell that? <laughs> it's uh, uh, it's it's A Y R T O N, Ayrton, and then Senna S E N N A. I got the last part. Yeah, that's pretty easy. Yeah. So. Ah, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> that was the most violent sneeze. Ever. Yeah, it was. Oh, the allergies. Rest in peace, anybody in. who had headphones in for that moment. Yeah, we don't edit this shit, so deal with it. Right. Um, <laughs> you get what you pay for. Um, okay, so do we want to do more this time since we skipped the week, or do we just want to stick with our two? We could just do the two this week. Okay, That's fine. because you're not prepared. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, so you get to pick the person that replaces Robin Williams, and I'll pick the person that replaces Ayrton Simma. Okay. Uh, let's see. Somebody to replace Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. uh, oh man, that's that's kind of difficult. Like I don't know, because sometimes you think like, well, this might be harsh to put somebody up for this, but mm -hmm. then it's like, well, you know, we might be better off. It doesn't always have to be a bad person either. No, it can just be somebody that you're like. Uh, well, Robin Williams is better, so I'd rather have Robin Williams instead of this guy. Yeah. So I guess who I'm going to nominate is going to be M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night? Yeah. <laughs> poor M. Night. Yeah, poor M. Night. <laughs> you had a good run, but really after Signs, you should have read the Signs and everything went downhill. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to replace Ayrton Senna, I am going to nominate Lewis Hamilton. Oh, shit. <laughs> See you later, sucker. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Uh, yes. Uh, Red Bull. Uh, <laughs> fuck Mercedes. Fuck Mercedes. <laughs> no, it's funny. It's funny you mention Mercedes because Nicky Lauda owns 10% of Mercedes Petronas AMG. So. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fuck all of Mercedes. Just like, we Lewis like Valtteri Botas. We like Botas, too. And so I, basically I, I, what I'm saying is fuck Lewis Hamilton. Fuck Lewis Hamilton. 
And we, and we don't hate Lewis. No. Because you know, we're not about hate. It's just that I, you know, my thing is... We is severely that, dislike him. It's the, I just think that sometimes he can be a bit of a prima donna. And he, sometimes, like, when he's on the radio, he, he has a tendency to be kind of a diva. He looks like know? Xerxes. Right. <laughs> it looks like... <laughs> with just a little, little bit more hair. A little bit more hair. <laughs> but it's like, Lewis is a good driver. Like, we understand that. But I think sometimes... <laughs> The fact that the Mercedes car is so dominant in the modern era with the hybrids that mm-hmm. Lewis almost seems like he's... It's like he's being helped by the car. He's not adding to the car. The car is helping him. Right, right. You know, and there's a big difference because... He's lucky to be at Mercedes. Right, yes. Yeah, so to be at, the, you know, at Mercedes at the right time when they got the engine just right, you know. But I would, anyway. I would like to see what he would do at, like, Williams or something. Yeah. Like, what, be, what do you think? Like, he, 15th? He'd be, I mean, he would be pretty much like where Lance Stroll probably is, which is like in the lower fourth of the grid. Yeah, yeah what do you think Stroll would do if he went to Mercedes? If Stroll went to Mercedes, probably I think he'd, be, he'd yeah. be pretty good. Kid's would he be able badass. to do the pole positions and stuff like Lewis does? Uh, I don't know. He's not really a qualifier. He's not really that much of a He's a racer. Quali- He's a racer. He makes He's up like pretty Ricky much. Bobby. He makes up all of his places. You know, during the you know the first few laps of the race, basically like Talladega, he's Talladega Nights is the movie we need to do too. Yeah. Oh, that's probably going to be my birthday episode. Oh yeah, that Talladega is a Nights because that's you know that's probably going to be for my birthday. So you know, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> yep. And uh, you guys also know the rules when it's birthday. Cars is against humanity. Well, that's going to be fun too. <laughs> John's birthday edition. Ooh, that's going to be awesome. done by him email us at beyond hate at yahoo.com or if you guys have any comments or anything that you guys want to talk about or any suggestions we will take all that shit and probably delete it <laughs> <laughs> we don't need your emails no for real if you guys have something to say we'll we'll look at it we will we put uh, it in the spam folder but you know <laughs> We're just messing with you. Yeah. Uh, before we get going into the trivia and all that stuff, I wanted to just talk about some facts about Formula One, which are really interesting. So Yes. Okay. So, Formula One, automobile racing, had in its roots in the European Grand Prix yeah. motor racing of the 1920s and 1930s. The formula in the name is for what? It's basically for the set of rules on how you build the car. It's like homologation where... You have to do, you know, like the engine has to be a certain spec, the, you know, the tires have to be a certain spec, the body width, everything. Exactly. Yeah. See, he's the Formula One expert. He's getting me into it. So I'm always going to defer to him in this episode when we're talking about how the car should work yeah. and stuff like that. You're given a formula on what you can do, and then you basically expound on that formula. Yeah, okay. So the cost, the average cost of an F1 car is how much? Of one car, not uh, not all, not um yeah, just the car, not the other stuff. 
The, uh, How much does a Formula One car usually cost? Well, mo- I think the average is to be about ten million per car, doesn't it? Uh, that's very close. It's six to eight million dollars. Six. To, okay, I'm six probably factoring in maybe like the. You might be talking the about the Mercedes and, and then like Ferrari or something like that. Yeah, they're most, probably more like this. That, is the yeah. average car? Yeah. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I did say that. Okay. Um, okay. How many components come together to make one F1 car? Do you know about around how many components it takes? Mm, I would say probably about 2,000. Oh, no, way, way more. Way 80,000 components. Oh, well, if you factor in, like, wiring and everything else. Yeah, yeah. that's what I meant. Yeah, 80,000 components. components. And everything has to work 100% to the T for anything to work. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you have a McLaren. <laughs> just, oh, shots fired. I just bullshit McLaren. I know you guys are trying, and I really want you guys to do well, but, man, you guys are fucking us right now. Okay, like, so... Like, you're basically crushing Fernando Alonso's spirit to, to live right now because your car sucks so bad. <laughs> like, it was bad. Well, yeah. Okay, so... um, Are you good with the metric system? No, not at all. We're None Americans. of us are. Okay. We're filthy Americans, man. We don't do metrics. So, I'm, hold on. I'm thinking. So, hold on. Okay. I, I about know what it is. So, it's about four kilograms is about, um, what is that? Like 10 pounds or something like that, I think. Uh, so, uh, that's about, okay, so an average F1 driver loses about four kilograms of weight after just one race. Uh, yeah, pretty much just in, just in, like, water, basically yeah. sweat. Yeah, they lose 4% of their body weight. They yeah. can lose up to 4% of their body weight and 40% of their uh, psychophysical ability. Yeah. Uh, the F1 cockpits have drinking bottle installed for the drivers. The drivers can drink via pipe. Yeah, um, it's a it's like a, a tube that basically runs into your helmet. Uh, yeah, uh, during the race, the tires lose weight also. Each tire loses about zero point five kilograms in weight due to wear. Uh, normal tires last from sixty thousand to a hundred thousand kilometers. This is F one's European sport, so they write all the. This is a European site, right? Yeah. Uh, so, you guys do the math. Uh, racing tires are designed to last 90 to 120 kilometers at top speed. F1 tires rotate 50 times a second. Yeah. Think about that. 50 times a second. Because whenever you see cars on slow motion replay, it still looks like the tires are going at regular speed. Yeah. Even though the car is like way slowed down because you can still see the revolutions of the tire going. It's fucking insane. Especially like you'll see that shot where you like you're seeing the tire from kind of like the front on, and you can see the walls of the tire like warbling under the pressure. It's fucking crazy to think how fast it moves. I mean, even just the RPMs that they can reach. And what is a what is a good time for uh, a pit crew to change tires and refill a car? How long should that take? Well, they don't refuel anymore, but the the average time now is about two to two and a half seconds. Yeah, when they did the refuel one, it was at three seconds. Three yeah. seconds and changing tires. Yeah. What can you do in three seconds? 
Probably Jack nothing. <laughs> Not, wow. Jack it off three seconds? <laughs> Jesus. What if you got shit to do, man? <laughs> <laughs> like, blank man or something. <laughs> That's awful. Oh, wow. Okay, so F1 brake discs are made from a special indestructible form of carbon fiber. The discs heat up around to 1,200 degrees Celsius. Yeah, under Typically, the average temperature of molten lava. Yeah. Especially, like, if you see what the brakes look like at a place like, uh, like, Sucre Giovinove in, um, in Canada. Like, Giovinove in Canada, uh, the, the circuit in Montreal, and then, uh, Monza in Italy. When they get to the braking zones, if you can see the side angle of the car and you can see the brake disc behind the, uh, behind the rim of the wheel... Yeah. You can actually see the brick just glowing bright red because of how much stress it's under and the heat that it's doing yeah. under braking whenever it yeah, whenever it engages and right. the brake pads, yeah. It's fucking ridiculous how much heat it can generate. Okay, so how many hours does um, uh, racing engines expect to run before they blow up? Uh well I guess it depends on the rules because under the current regulations in the 2018 regulations, they have to go. They're they're supposed to go a distance of seven races. So it's uh, oh god, on one lifetime it would be. And see, I don't know because they would always do it by kilometers. I don't know how much that would be in miles. Yeah, that's a little hard to determine on this yeah. European site. So you guys maybe send us the information on that later. Yeah, because I mean it's it's um, those engines are meant to go. Oh, this is actually I'm not even a good sure. I can't even do the math in my head right now because I'm not sure how many miles that would be. Yeah, so th this is actually a good trivia question for you. I'm pretty sure you know the answer, but it's even worded like a trivia question. Fangio won the title during 51, 54, 55, 56, and 57. Won Manuel Fangio, the first five-time winner in Formula yes, 1. Yes, he is the first five-time. His title stood for 45 years in Tool. Michael Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Schumacher is the now Schumacher actually has more than Fangio because Schumacher has seven world championships. Yeah, he took his sixth title in two thousand and three. Yeah. Um, small planes can take off slower speeds than F one cars travel on the track. However, an amazing aerodynamic downforce provided by their wings keep them on the track. F one cars race at speeds up to three hundred and sixty. Um. Kilometers per Kilometer, hour. Yeah, three. <laughs> <laughs> the metric system is fucking with us today, man. That's all we have. So uh, roughly, basically what that means in miles per hour for those of us uh, dirty Americans uh, yeah. who still use the imperial system, uh, that means that they get to excess of, of 200 miles an hour. Right, they like go Indy super cars fast. can go in oval configuration, like at Indianapolis with the right type of wings. They can get to about 220, 230 at, Indi at, in at right. Indianapolis. So F1 cars can reach pretty much the same kind of speeds. Like if you had an F1 car on like the uh, Indy 500 oval configuration, it would probably be able to reach uh, probably about 230. Right. You know? uh, which if none of us have, I don't, none of us have ever been in a car that can reach you know like 200 really. No. But going 220 miles an hour in a little in a, in a little bit of carbon fiber and some big ass wheels. You gotta have, like James Hunt would say, big balls to drive a vehicle like that, because F1 cars are no bullshit. <laughs> and you know who has their own airline? Nicky Lauda. 
He does. Yep. Um, He's actually had that airline for a long very while. long time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. F1 drivers experience up to 5G uh, under braking and cornering. That's a force of a load five times a driver's own body weight. Yeah. That's every turn, every braking zone. Yes, that is tough shit. That is why they have to have such a, a unique like five-point harness just to keep your ass in the car. F1 car can accelerate from zero to 100 miles per hour and decelerate back to zero in just four seconds. Yeah. That's fucking insane. Right. Why do you um, think it's so difficult for pace cars to, to stay ahead of these cars? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, F1 helmets are among the toughest things in the world. Some of the tests they have uh, to pass are being subjected to 800 degrees Celsius flame for 45 seconds. Um, nobody who has ever entered the sport with the surname Hill has failed to win a world championship. Graham, and Darian, and Phil. Yeah. Uh, well, and they, Damon Hill. Graham Hill's son, Damon, he won a world championship. It's Darian. It's Damon. Uh, Graham, father, Darian, son, Phil, no relation. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> no, it's Damon Hill, believe me, it's Damon Hill. Um... They, they worded that wrong. If they spelled it like Darian or Darren, that's not what his name is. It's Damon Hill. They probably, that might have been a, like a typo or something. Maybe. Because I know that his name is actually Damon Hill. <laughs> Damon Hill, okay. Yeah, Damon Hill. Yep. Uh, so... That website is fucking wrong. <laughs> they misspelled a name. Yeah. Uh... Okay, so the budget of this movie was thirty-eight million. The gross was ninety-eight million, so it did pretty well. Ron Howard was actually supposed to direct Scully, and the other director was supposed to direct Rush, and they ended up flipping because Ron Howard really wanted to direct this movie. Right. Um, so they ended up just swapping. Um, so what did Nicky Lauda say when he first saw the movie? A would have been better if Stallone was in it. <laughs> he was in a movie called Driven. <laughs> that was about IndyCar. Now, before you continue, that movie is uh, garbage. It, you can watch it. it. It's watchable. Is it like the greatest movie ever? No, because Stallone as a racing driver is just not not anything that anybody needs to see. Let's watch Rally Car with Keanu Reeves when it comes out. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Uh, Stallone should stick to boxing, not racing. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth weighed 216 before the movie. How much weight uh, did he lose before filming? Oh, wait, I didn't finish the first fucking question. Right, right? yeah, I was like, what are you... What okay, uh, B, uh, on the first question, now let me reread it because I <laughs> fucked up. What did Nicky Lauda say when he first saw the movie? A, would have been better if Stallone was in it. B, my car could have been better. C, Daniel Brule is my son. Or D, shit, that's really me. Uh, it would be the last one, shit, that's really me. Yes, yeah. it is. that's exactly what he said. I wouldn't put it past him to say, Daniel Brule's my son. Right, yeah. I'm adopting you now. <laughs> you are my son. Okay, Chris Hemsworth weighed 216 before the movie. How much weight did he lose before filming? A, 30 pounds. B, 15 pounds. C, 10 pounds or D, 40 pounds? 
Uh, I would say 30 pounds. Yes, 30 okay. pounds uh, he lost before the movie because he did Avengers, then went and did this, and then had to go back and do another Thor movie. Because that was the uh, first Avengers that he did before he did yes. this movie, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. What is Nikki Lauda paid a million dollars a year to do to this day? Okay. A, public safety speeches. B, wear a hat. C, advertise Rogaine. <laughs> or D, <laughs> or D, the rights to spawn. <laughs> <laughs> the rights to spawn. Oh, fuck it. It's wear a cap. It's his ball yeah, cap. Yeah, his hat. Uh, people pay him a million dollars a year to put their advertisements on it. It's just really cool. He's done I, that since the 70s. I didn't mean to diss him, but I just had to throw some funny <laughs> stuff in it. I'll tell you what, man. If Nicky Lotta was Spawn, holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would be, be awesome. awesome. It would just You see a 70-year-old man whoop your ass? Yeah, it would and be. And then go whoop Mal Bolger's ass? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Mal Bolger. Fuck you, Mal Bolger. You got beat up by Nicky Lotta. Okay. World champion of our hearts. Okay. <laughs> to this day, what racer still checks into hotels uh, and races in James Hunt's name. A. Uh, um, Jalen Palmer. B. Julian Palmer, you mean? Julian Palmer. Julian yes. Palmer, yeah. I wrote it wrong in here. That's why it took me a second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, B. Jensen Button. Is that his? Yeah, that's okay. Jen, yeah, Jensen Button. Uh, C. Lewis Hamilton or D. Kimi Raikkonen? Uh, I would say Jensen. No. It's Kimi Joe Raikkonen. Oh, it's Kimi. Kimi uh, has done races in James Hunt's name and checks into hotels in James Hunt's name still to this day. Oh, wow. That's interesting. <laughs> yes, yeah, so talking about a super fan, uh, there's one right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, James had his cigarette. All right. Five. Sometimes it does, yeah. Yeah, like the other was, one's like all peppy, like, "Hey, let's talk about the facts." And yeah. now it's like, "Oh fuck!" Now we gotta deal with all these. Angles. Now we gotta deal with the comments. It's perfect. Fuck. Anytime you need something great made, you you just I just message my brother, be like, "Hey, we need another song," and he'd be like, "Cool." And then the next day he'll send them to me. Yeah, yeah. He, next day you get sent genius to your inbox. Yes. <laughs> so that's so, how it works. Yeah. Thought of just about making an online uh, site, just <laughs> Greg's. Uh, showjingles.com. <laughs> yeah. Doing a new game show? Have Greg make a jingle for you. <laughs> He'll yeah. do it in a day. <laughs> yeah, jingles in a day. Uh, jingles in a day. It jingles all the way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Greatest movie ever, right? Jingle all the way? Yeah. Right, right, totally. totally. Sinbad's I mean, in that. Yeah. It's, it's right after uh, you know, an unfortunate, a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> so, know. Jingle All the Way, series of unfortunate events. Um, uh, what would come Tank after? Girl. <laughs> Tank Girl. 
Tank Girl? I mean, have you ever seen Tank Girl? <laughs> it's number three on the list. Of no one time. has. <laughs> people like people are like, yeah, Citizen Kane, you know, the original Godfather, you know, Tank Girl. <laughs> There's this episode in uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine or whatever. Whenever the the, the show first starts, and uh, Charles is trying to get the Rosa chick in it, and he was like, yeah, I'm gonna take you to. You want to go to a movie with me, like uh, this weekend or something? She's like, yeah, sure. And uh, he's like, okay, I got it. We're going to go to this drive-in theater and see Citizen Kane. She's like, that movie sucks. Pick better. And he's like, okay, I'll, I'll pick a better movie than Citizen Kane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but anyway, so in doing the comments for this, uh, I, the, the people that hated the movie didn't really post a ton of comments on it so I basically what I did was I went through basically every single comment from one to five stars every single one from oh, yeah. one to five to get this so these might not be maybe as lengthy as some of the uh, the other comments that I have but I think that the points that they make don't need to be super wordy because they still work you know I was still able to basically get roughly about the same amount of notes yeah. off of all that in other words slim your shit down and shut the fuck up. Right. Uh, but, uh, so, the uh, the first one that I found was uh, was this. Or this is the one that I, I thought I should use first. This movie is an unbearable succession of cliches. Rarely have I seen such an artificial, mindless plot. This piece of work is uh, by all means unworthy of representing the lives of these famous names in Formula One. And the costly technical arrangements do not compensate for this unforgivable lack. What a waste of resources. I'm wondering why these talented actors and filmmakers got involved in the script in the first place. The women in this film have nothing to do but look miserable and or have sex because they are so turned on by men who are willing to die in cars. Really? <laughs> wow. Okay, yeah. for one, Nikki Lauda said that this movie was extremely accurate, especially the racing parts. They took some liberties with 80% their... accurate to yeah. Yeah, they, they took some liberties with the story, the rivalry between Nikki Lauda and James Hunt because what that movie does not tell you is they're flatmates. They're they were friends. Yeah. That season, which is the 76 season. 76, yes. Uh was just one of their most competitive between the two. Because they're both going for a world champion. Yeah, both the emotions were rising, you know, and that's the uh, that's the championship that James Hunt won. Yes. Um, Nikki being the defending champion because he won it in 75. Yeah, so... But the idea that this is an artificial, mindless plot, this actually fucking happened. Yeah, this is real. They, they <laughs> didn't is... just come up with this and be like, hey, look, I got a great racing movie. I came up with these names at random. Nikki Luda? Yeah. And I think we should say it louder because yeah. it needs to be a little bit louder. It needs to be louder. That's a very German way to say it. It needs to be louder. Why? Because I cannot hear it. Yeah, it's I like hear it. it needs to be louder. It needs to be louder. Yeah. Uh, but Nick, no, it needs to be Nikki louder. Yeah. Uh, what about the other guy? I don't know, like James Hunt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, it's like, uh... Does this guy think that this is fictional? I don't know, like... <laughs> because, like, when I was, like, reading this, it's like, it's an unbearable succession of cliches, and it's like, well, they're not cliches. I mean, you know, and we'll talk a lot about James Hunt when we get, you know, a little bit further in, you know, because of, of Hemsworth, but 
And then we'll talk about you know James Hunt being played by banged a lot of chicks. So they're going to show chicks having sex with him. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, to me, it's like a lot of people. I think because of like the seventies, there are some people like to me, James Hunt is basically the Kenny Stabler of Formula One. Mm-hmm. Because Kenny Stabler banged a, a ton of chicks. Mostly cheerleaders. He drank most of the time. <laughs> yeah, he basically banged cheerleaders. All that was the cheerleaders thing. on the Raiders yeah. had little Stabler babies. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, we who who the fuck knows? We and I might even be, you know, partly Stabler's kids. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, we don't know. That um, that seed goes deep. Right, that seed goes everywhere like he's trying to recreate humanity. It's but, like like if you're like a mixed kid and you don't know who your dad is in New Orleans, like back in the day, you're probably Archie Manning's son. Yeah. Our daughter. Yeah. Because, uh, uh... I mean, hell, Kenny played for the Saints, too, so... No, I was just talking, like, Archie loved the black women. Yeah. <laughs> don't we all? But especially he was married through most of that. Yeah, especially if that. it's Zoe Saldana. But, anyway, uh, but, but, I th- but, like... On that comment, they were like, I'm wondering why these talented actors and filmmakers got involved in, in this, with this script in the first place. A damn good script. It was a damn good script, but like the script is basically just the, like a sort of a, a story retelling of shit that actually happened. I mean... Well, the guy that wrote the script actually wrote it like he was writing it like it was like Rocky or something with like no budget. And he left yeah. most of the racing out in his original script because he didn't think whoever picked it up would have the budget for it. Right. So he wrote it as a drama between James Hunt and Nikki Lauda. Yeah. That's how he wrote it. Like, them two going uh, head-to-head dramatically through the season. And basically they kept that script pretty much the same and just added racing scenes on it. Yeah. I mean, because the, the thing... Where they were talking about, like, why they get involved in this script. It's like, Daniel Bruhl, I remember, was pretty excited because he went, he actually spoke to Nikki several times. He actually went to Vienna and, you know, talked to Nikki at home and had met him several times. And he was like, you know, he was like, how do you feel about how the movie's going? And Daniel Bruhl's like, it's difficult. And he was like, why? He was like, is there something about, you know, you playing me? He was like, because you're still alive. He was like... I'm basically trying to embody someone who's still alive. He was like, if I'm, if I'm playing, a, a, if I'm, you know, if I'm a historical character in a movie that is, you know, long dead because they're, you know, from a different time or something. He was like, I, I feel like I can maybe take a few liberties, and people aren't generally going to say much about it because they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, he just adding some extra stuff to the character, no big deal. But he was like, but you're still alive, so he's like. The first person that is going to judge me is going to be you because this is your life. <laughs> you know, like you, I have to make sure that the performance that I give is true to what you would say, how you would act, what you would do, and you know, not to, not to be disrespectful towards Nikki as a person. You know, you think that Hemsworth might have been the person that put in the word for Daniel Bruhl to be in Captain America: Civil War? Maybe, because it's kind of funny because. They, you know, they worked together when they were doing Rush, and then all of a sudden he pops up as Baron Zemo. Yeah. And you're like, and I, I remember part of me was kind of like, oh, hey, it's Nicky Lauda. <laughs> yeah, it's Nicky right, fucking loud as the villain. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Dude, they did a pretty good job, like, trying to, you know, like, redo your face, but, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, good job, Roll. Yeah, good job, uh, man. Yeah, um, uh, he, he, was bo- he was great in both movies, like. Basically, yeah. anything I've ever seen this guy pop up in, he's really good. Yeah. 
but uh, but like when it says in here, it says like the women in the film have nothing to do but look miserable and or have sex. And it's like there's, I mean, the thing with James Hunt is that like he would have sex with like airline stewardesses. He would have sex with like women at the track, you know, like just whatever. That's how he was. But the thing that I think people are forgetting is that like the Formula One wives, the wives and the girlfriends especially, they, they did a lot of stuff at the track because they did a lot of work. Like I remember seeing like uh, things before where the teams would have the wives putting together the, the, the placard, the board that tells you like what your current lap time is, you know, when you're supposed to pit, you know, what place you're running in. Like they would actually like fill the board in you know, for their husband or their boyfriend or whatever, and then give the placard to the crew so they could hang it out on the track, you know, and, and stuff like that. But, I mean, they also, like, they did stuff with, like, the team's uniforms. Sometimes the reason that their uniforms were stitched like that was because the wives and their girlfriends did it. And sometimes, know, if they had a suits. really good race, they'd do butt stuff. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, you got first place. What does that mean? You get a trophy and anal. Yes! <laughs> that's the best trophy. <laughs> fuck this race, I'm out. And fuck this race, I'm out. <laughs> uh, but the, just, just to think, but I'm like, even like when you look at like, you know, Susie, uh, Susie in the movies, played by Olivia Wilde, um, uh, you know, she plays, you know, James's like first wife, basically. Right. And, you know, it's like the whole thing where, you know, people are like, well, she's just in this movie just to be, like, some eye candy or something. It's like, no, she's actually a pretty strong character. And I, I think mean, that just because she is eye candy doesn't mean that's the only reason she's That's in why there. Susie's in there. Susie's a part of James's life. That was his first wife. And why you is know? that always said negatively? Like, yeah. oh, she's just eye candy. It's like, uh, she's hot. Yeah. I mean, that's... But you're you're putting a, a value to somebody's performance that nobody else is. Yeah, you're just saying, like, well, she's just eye candy. It's like, oh, yeah, good way to degrade her. Yeah. Um, it's like, what about her performance as Susie? She did a really good job of... Even her, like, accent. Because, I mean, she's, like, an American. She normally doesn't yeah. do a British accent. And she killed it. Like, she pretty much played, you know, uh, Susie Hunt to, I'm like, convinced a that this is the part that made Aaron Rodgers want to fuck her. Right. <laughs> it's like, look, can you do the accent thing? It's like, look, Aaron, like, I, I mean, that was for a movie. It's like, yeah, but it, it's really hot. <laughs> we can make a movie. You know? it's a, we can make a movie. I will get a camera so you can do that accent. You know? Like, if, Olivia Wall's like, I'm not doing a porn. I'm not doing a porn with you in the accent. <laughs> I'm doing the porn without the accent. <laughs> I don't want to be in character that much. <laughs> oh, God. But anyway, so... <laughs> Moving on to the next point, right? So it says, James Hunt and Nikki Lauda, rivals on the track in Formula One, were both born into wealthy backgrounds, had the attention of beautiful women, and were both very arrogant young men, albeit in different ways. You might think that a dramatic reconstruction of their careers might not seem very appealing, but you might also remember that the documentary Senna about another talented, spoilt, and arrogant young racer was actually quite compelling. Now, I've watched about half of that movie just you know, like as a side note while I'm doing this. And that movie is really good, but you can't compare a documentary to this. So, okay, but anyway. This isn't um, a documentary. This is a film. Yeah, this is a film. Uh, but it says, Unfortunately, Ron Howard's rush takes a simplistic approach to representing both the character of the two men and also the in intricacies of racing, sometimes combining idiocies from both departments simultaneously. In the first race, we see Hunt is beating Lauda to some championship, the culmination of a season's racing without apparently even knowing who he is. 
you won't learn much about motor racing from this film, nor what it, well, nor it makes a good driver, nor even much about the two men's characters beyond a tabloid characterization. Also, the movie is not following the exact historical events of the life of the drivers. I mean, in, 19, uh, in 1970's Formula 3 season, they didn't even take part in the 1970 Formula 3 championship. Uh, that is actually a lie, because James and Nicky Lauda both competed in F3 in 1970. Now, I don't think Lauda... Lauda didn't do as many races, though. The race at Crystal Palace in England, Crystal Palace racetrack in England that they show at the very beginning of the movie where, you know, James is just trying to get himself known and that kind of stuff. When He didn't actually reckon to Lauda in that race. Lauda wasn't at that race. So they took a little bit of a liberty there where they're like, okay, you know, he actually hit a different driver, James did, and that's what made him spin. But he was like... For the purposes of this movie to kind of establish that these two are going to have to be rivals to each other, he put Lauda in that car and had it where James like shunted into Lauda and spun. But they did both compete in 1970 Formula 3 because Nicky Lauda has stories from F3 of him dealing with James when he first met him. And, you know, it's like to say that they didn't take part, it's like for one, you don't know the history. Because I looked it up, I looked at interviews and everything, and I was like, was that actually bullshit? And it's like, no. I mean, James Hunt was there, Lauda wasn't, but they both competed in that championship, you know? Yeah, um, so, and this guy's like, they don't teach you anything about racing in this movie. They're not supposed to. Doesn't teach you anything about stealing cars and uh, 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 going, going in 60, 60 seconds, seconds, but it's still a good movie. They don't have to teach you how to do this shit. That's not how movies work. Yeah. Buy a book. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to watch Backdraft and be like, I know I how to can, fucking be a I firefighter. I be a firefighter now. They're not going to teach you how to be a firefighter in that movie. Cliffhanger, I know how to fucking climb mountains now. Yeah, I'll watch Cliffhanger. You know what You know what I hate about Cliffhanger? <laughs> to not teach me anything about how to climb mountains. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to repel. I don't know how to climb. I don't know how to do a shit. I bought all this gear <laughs> and this movie, right. and I thought I'd be a fucking expert at the end of it. This is bullshit. Right. It's like, don't don't expect movies... I mean, unless you're watching a documentary where the point is to be educational, this isn't meant to be educational. This is entertainment. Yeah, this is a movie. Yeah, so to about be like... About two people. Yeah, I mean, to be like, I didn't learn anything about racing after watching this, it's this like... This movie's about two people and their horny-ass wives. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's the thing, too. It's like, also, part of me is like, when, uh, like, and I forgot the lady's name who plays Lada's wife in the movie. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but uh, you've got to say it louder. Yeah, <laughs> but Marlene Lauda, uh, who's the who's you know was Nikki's wife at the uh, at the time, like it's weird because it's like she she looks really gorgeous and and everything, and then when she starts speaking German, it's almost like to me she gets hotter. I don't know if it's just because of the German. <laughs> it, I don't know if it's it's like it's because it sounds more natural for her or something. Right. But it just seemed like. She was hotter after she spoke with the German accent, you know, when she actually spoke German, you know, but, but anyway. Her name is Alexandra Marie Lara. Uh, okay. That's the, yeah, that's the actress who played her, okay. Yeah, she's from Romania. Uh, she went to German, Germany with her parents, though, so she does know German. She actually could speak it, yeah, because I knew when she was, like, speaking German in the movie, I'm like, this is authentic, yeah. She spoke that authentic German. Right. 
But, uh, yeah. Well, you fake-ass German accents. <laughs> Christoph Waltz. Yeah. Whatever. Faking shit. <laughs> Everybody knows that, you know, you you're from, from like, Texas. You're from, like, Texas or shit. <laughs> you're, from, uh, you're from El Paso. We already know. Fucking lying to everybody. <laughs> Trying to play Hans Landa and uh, fucking Inglorious Bastards. And What if they remade Die Hard and he was Hans Gruber? Oh, fucking Hollywood <laughs> needs to do that. Oh, shit. You can get, like, I don't know, like Bradley Cooper to be oh, uh, yeah. John McClane. Oh, yeah, that's a good then, idea, yeah. Yeah. Because people forget that uh, Bruce Willis was in those, like, rom-com movies before he did Die Hard. Yeah. He was in, like, what was it, Blind Date and shit like that. Was yeah. it, like, Moonlighting or something? Yeah, Moonlighting and Blind... He was in Blind Date. Or yeah. was that the same movie? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, that would be pretty good. Uh, but, Bradley Cooper could do it. Yeah, he definitely could. But uh, I, but the thing is that, like, he didn't know who Lauda was. It's like, yeah, he really wasn't familiar with Lauda when they were, you know, like in the 70s. I mean, I think he, I think in real life, I think he knew, he maybe had heard of Lauda, but didn't know much about him until he actually, like, met him and everything. Because um, there's, like, plenty of stories about, you know, Nikki talking about, you know, things that, you know, he did with James, uh, just from, like, doing testing and stuff, because I remember, uh, just randomly, because I watched the video for it last night while I was eating my dinner, and Lauda said that it, he had his birthday party in Vienna, like he normally does, and Lauda was already working for Ferrari at that time, and this was, and at the time that his birthday happens is right around the time that they start doing winter testing. So they're in Vienna, and, you know, James is like, hey, Nikki, can I, you know, can I ride with you um, back to the hotel and everything? And he was like, yeah, you know, fine. So he hops in, you know, they get back to the hotel. Lauda basically turns in at about 11 o'clock. He's like, I'm going to bed because I have to get up early in the morning to fly down to Paul Ricard, down to France to do testing um, because Enzo wants me to be down there. And so James, being who James is, stays up all night. Basically, just sleeps with basically every woman that he could find in the hotel, drinks, and just parties the whole night. And then uh, he gets ready in about five minutes to get ready for the plane. He's he, they get on the plane and fly from uh, from Vienna down to France. And you know he's basically asleep on the plane. Um, you know, and and, and Lauda's like you know while they're getting prepared to like get on the plane, he was like I I have to be on time, otherwise Ferrari will fire me. Like. You don't. I mean, you have to get ready, and so then once they finally get down to Paul Ricard, um, Lauda gets in his Ferrari. Once he meets up with the team, James goes over to McLaren, and uh, Lauda gets on the track and he does a few laps, and then he has engine issues and he has to bring it back into the pits. And he's like, "Okay, well, I'm basically going to be kind of down for a few hours while the mechanics work on the engine, so I'm going to go ahead and take a nap because you know he was like kind of still tired from the flight." So Lauda goes and takes little bit of a nap he's basically like dozing off in the in the in the garage next thing you know there's like an alert that goes over the intercom system that says that there's been an incident on the track and um you know the drivers have you know one of the drivers has went off and he's like oh god what is it and as soon as he and so he gets into one of the vehicles and he drives down to the spot and it's it's james hunt's car <laughs> it says mclaren off on the side of the road but there's no tire marks there's no broken body work like, no incident, no nothing that looks like a crash, right? He's just off the track. He goes up to the car, and James is fucking asleep in the car, <laughs> on the track. And he's like, James, what are you doing? You're going to kill yourself out here. 
And he was like, fuck off, Nikki, I'm trying to sleep. And he was like, you're on the racetrack, you fucking idiot. He's like, we need to get you back to the pits. And he was like, that's how James was. He just didn't give a shit. <laughs> he was asleep in the car with his fucking helmet on. And he's like, fuck off, Nikki, I'm trying to sleep. He's like, you're on the racetrack. What are you doing? <laughs> I remember him doing that story. He was like, that's just how James was. He was just batshit crazy like that. He just, he just had his own life. It was just weird. But... Uh, well, since we're talking about James Hunt, right, let's talk about Chris Hemsworth. Yes. Um, uh, and now this has become the Chris Hemsworth podcast. <laughs> the Chris Hemscast. The Ke- Hemscast. You fucked it uh, up. Yeah. You fucked it up. You had something. <laughs> I know. You fucked it up. Oh, man. I said cath as in, like, yeah. catheter. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Hemscatheter. <laughs> Chris Hemscatheter. Ugh. Oh, man. Yeah. This is this That's is why disgusting. we do this live because <laughs> you can't get shit like that if it's scripted, right? Uh, but it says uh, I don't see Chris Hemsworth as James Hunt. I don't see you him don't? as I don't even see him as a good actor. When what? this when this movie hit theaters in 2013, Chris Hemsworth was the talk of the town, and every casting agent in Hollywood was dying to jump his dick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they were dying to jump his dick. <laughs> was dying. <laughs> I had lived that because I thought it would be like it, uh, that. That would make that sense. That fit in that sentence. <laughs> uh, they was, were dying to jump that dick. <laughs> like he was uh, the next fucking Tom Cruise. He's the, like he's motherfucking blonde Tom Cruise, right? Uh, but every fucking Tom Cruise walk up. In the, yeah, uh, that's what it'd be if True Man, Romance was remade instead of Charlie Bronson. Look at this motherfucking Tom Cruise walk, yeah, <laughs> walking up in this motherfucker. Yeah, uh, but anyway, it says uh, every casting agent in Hollywood was dying to cast Hemsworth into every role possible, whether he fitted the character or not. Hemsworth was carrying fifty pounds of muscle muscle in his upcoming role for Troy a few months later. It was uh, for it was this yeah. Let me finish. It was as if they dragged a blonde bodybuilder onto the set to play Hunt. Chris Hemsworth plays James Hunt with the kind of polarizing, unapologetic, devil may care attitude that makes it nearly impossible to root for the man. Did with he so say much, for Troy? Yes, he did. Uh, with so much confidence and so many girlfriends, why does he need our support? Other than vomiting before each race, he's more of a well a superhero than human being. <laughs> so. When I was reading this, I was like, Troy was way before this movie. Yeah, does he think he was in Troy? Right. I think he. I think what he's con- he's confusing him with like Brad Pitt for some reason. Yeah, he As definitely was not in Troy. He was like, fucking Chris Hemsworth had all this muscle so he could play Achilles in Troy. Then he fucking goes and does the F one movie and fucks it up because he looks too big to be James Hunt. He's like has all his muscle. If you watch the movie, he doesn't have his Thor muscle. Because when he's in his Thor shape, he does look like a fucking actual Viking god. The dude is, like, amazingly yeah. built when he needs to be. But to play James, he had to be quite a bit skinnier because yeah, you he can't lost be... Weight. He was, you, like, 180. Yeah. Because that was in part of your trivia, was yeah. that he had to cut about 30 pounds of weight. Pay so. attention. Yeah. And also, do your fucking research. Before you want to go run your mouth on IMDb and trash a movie about how inauthentic it is that he's overweight to play James Hunt. It's like, And no. he was not in Troy. He was in Thor. Those words are not even similar. Right, yeah. So, I don't know how you fucked that Well, up. they're four letters, and depending on the One starts with a T. Yeah. This guy from fucking Auburn. I don't know. <laughs> 
Maybe that would explain why he's, uh, you know, why he's fucking up on his spelling. But, I, it, but the thing is, is that, like, you know... It, this guy is a fucking lizard person. Yeah. We know it because... You know, there's there's no race on this planet that's that dumb. That has to be lizard people. Right. <laughs> because when did Troy come out? Like, what, 2005 or something? 2006? <laughs> it was when Wolfgang Peterson was still relevant. Right? That shit's like 20 years ago. <laughs> Feels like it nowadays. But, uh, but, yeah, it's just like the whole thing where they're like, okay, so he basically can bang like any chick that he wants to because he's handsome. Which, Which is, is pretty reality. much Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much. But that's, he's married. That's James. I mean, that's James Hunt too. Like Hunt basically could get whatever woman he wanted because, I mean, if you look at pictures of the guy, I mean, he does look kind of like Chris Hemsworth. I mean, Chris Hemsworth is, you know, probably I guess you would say handsomer than James. Yeah, handsomer—that's a word. Yeah, handsome, handsomest than the handsomest. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's I a think handsomest. we're getting worse with this. Yeah, I think he I'm was the most up. handsome. Yeah, out he of was, the two, out of the two, the more handsome. Yeah. Person are the handsomest? Handsomest? Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I don't think I, we're saying that right. Yeah. Did we go to school? <laughs> Did we? Or was it a dream? I fucking forgot. I think it was a dream. Right. But you know, like those, like, there's a few movies I've seen that don't exist. So, yeah. that must have been a dream. Like, like, I've seen a whole movie that I cannot find. Right. Yeah, like Troy in 2013 had Chris Hemsworth in it. <laughs> yeah. You remember remember when he was in yeah, Troy? Yeah, Achilles. Yeah, he played yeah, Achilles. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then, uh, you know, because he was basically, they were doing a remake, and he was basically They still like, got Eric Bana, right? Yeah, they got Eric Bana <laughs> to play the other character, but then he was replacing Brad Pitt because Brad Pitt's old news. Nobody cares yeah, about Yeah, nobody him cares about Brad Pitt. He's washed up. Yeah. He's done. You done. You done, son. <laughs> you fucked up. Only Eric Bana, na, 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 na. <laughs> Only Eric Banana Rama. <laughs> Banana Rama and Chris can make that movie work. Except at the end of this movie, Hector lives, they chop Paris's head off, <laughs> and Achilles lives. Right. Because who else was rooting for Achilles in movie? Right. But I think part of this was that they did they watched this movie already being biased against Chris Hemsworth, and then they downgraded the movie because I don't remember exactly, I think that comment was like a two stars. Uh, two stars. If I, if I remember right, they gave it like two stars because they said they didn't like Chris Hemsworth, but they found Daniel Brühl was okay, you mm -hmm. know, and stuff like that. Most people generally that I saw that that liked this movie, the reasons that they did like it was mainly because of Daniel Brühl playing playing uh, Nikki. But what? Um, it, but it's uh. But he's the one that's the most perfect for their character. Like Daniel Brühl's the one that's the most perfect. If it wasn't for Hemsworth acting, I mean, he looks a lot like James Hunt. But James Hunt wasn't 6'6". Six, six. No. <laughs> I mean, he was taller than Lauda, but, you know. What does that mean? Like, 5'11"? 6 foot, maybe? Yeah. Not 6'5 six, or 6'6". Six, six. I forget which one's the tallest Hemsworth. It's either Luke or Chris. Right. I know which one's the most built. But I don't know who's taller. Yeah. But uh, but the idea that we, you know, we're, we don't really need to root for James because he's... You know, basically like a superhero. It's like, I mean, at one point in his career, I mean, you even see it in the movie where, you know, Lord Hesketh uh, is basically like, uh, we don't have enough money to run. And he was like, well, you know, we can get sponsors. And he was like, nobody will sponsor us, man. He's like, people just really don't want to put money into the team. That's why Lord Hesketh basically ran with a blank car because he was financing it just through like his own money and other investors. 
and didn't really want to do sponsorship because he was like, we don't need to have, you know, vulgar advertisements on the car that have cigarettes or condoms, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then they put that patch on his on his uniform that said "Sex Breakfast to Champions." Yeah, that's. <laughs> and I remember, like, because uh, I remember talking to somebody one time, and they were like, "Yeah, they just added that for the movie." I'm like, "No, no that's real. No, that's, that's real. real. That's you a can fact look it up." And I actually googled it on my phone to show that person. And I was like, "No, th- this was on James Hunt's actual fire suit." You know, back this in isn't the 70s. Europe. This isn't you know. This isn't yeah. stuff that's sex is cool in Europe. Like, yeah, that's why they have not beaches like, and stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's not like uh, taboo in Europe just to openly talk or so, show... I mean, you can watch TV, just regular TV, and there's nudity. Right. You don't have to have Cinemax to see that. Yeah. Over there. Over here, you have to pay for your titties. Right. <laughs> even if you go to a, even if you go to a strip club, you gotta pay for them titties. You know, which is, I mean, you know, whatever. Depending on the girl, though, sometimes it is money well okay, spent. Okay, we went too far. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, like, the thing, you know, it's like at that point in his career, I mean, basically he's kind of falling apart because, you know, you know, because Susie's like, you know, perhaps we should take, you know, a little bit of holiday time and, you know, perhaps we'll go skiing. And he was like, you want me to go skiing when I don't have a fucking drive? You know, he's like, I don't have a job right now and you want me to go skiing, you know? And then that's when he kind of lashes out against Susie and, you know, he was like, uh, He's like, why don't you go back to New York and have, uh, you know, and, and push some other skin cream or whatever with your vapid mush, you know, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And and she just kind of is like, okay, and then just kind of like walks out. And then she starts seeing Richard Burton, and it's like, so he's lost, he's basically lost his wife at that point. He doesn't have a driving Formula One because Lord Hetzka's team basically collapsed. You, almost, you know who almost played Richard Burton in the movie? Mm-mm. Russell Crowe. Oh, really? <laughs> that would have been interesting. But, uh, but Lord Hesketh was, like, really good to James and gave him his opportunity in Formula One, and it wasn't until Emerson Fittipaldi decided that he wasn't going to go back to McLaren that James got the opportunity to go to McLaren mm-hmm. and team up with with uh, Jochen Mass. But it's, I think, you know, the, a lot of times when people look at somebody like James Hunt, they're like, well, you know, I mean, he's just like, you know, he's got the looks, he's got the women, he's got the money, and all this kind of stuff, and it's like, yeah, but his personal life was pretty fucked up. I mean... He could get women, but his relationships just didn't last. Well, because he you didn't know? care about that. Yeah, he didn't really care about it. I mean, that's that's part of it. But I think that, you know, to a degree, like, when it comes to, like, Chris Hemsworth playing him, I don't know if you could have found a guy who probably could play James better. No. You know? I mean, he did an awesome job playing James Hunt, and you, he made you feel like he fit in that 1970s world, you know? But, uh... Only other person that could have done that, Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. <laughs> Back in the day. Back in the day. Not modern Luke Wilson. No, because uh. he's too fat now. <laughs> Back in the day, though, Luke Wilson, you put a blonde wig on him, he pre- he looks pretty close. Right? I mean, who probably could, uh, I mean, Owen probably could, I mean, at least he'd have the blonde hair down. But yeah, but, uh, you know, nose. James didn't have a broken nose for life. Right. So. <laughs> That's the only uh, bad thing about Owen Wilson. Like, he really can't do, like, real-life stories unless there's <laughs> just a guy that historically had also a broken nose. If only he was, like, French, then he could be uh, Alain Prost. Because <laughs> Prost had a permanently crooked nose. Well, he probably could do that, but 
the thing we know about Owen Wilson, he cannot do accents. You're right. <laughs> so because doing a French accent probably wouldn't work very well, huh? I don't think he could do it. Yeah, yeah maybe not. Uh, but uh, <laughs> So anyway, moving on. Uh, so it says, and then there's the not-so-perfect-looking fella who's more professionally in tune with the racing life. Enter Daniel Brühl's Nicky Lauda. They're, they're saying this shit like this is something that somebody came up with. Right, yeah, like, like they just wrote this script and it's like, it was all these imagined characters. This is real shit. Yeah, they're like, uh, it's like based off like a book or something. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, no, this is real. There was a book written about this and the screenplay kind of came from that, but the book was based on the real story of that, these two guys. That's not what I mean. I mean, yeah. like, the, it wasn't like Harry Potter, you know? Yeah. Don't talk shit about Harry Potter. <laughs> Fuck no, man. I, I don't. I'm not a big Harry Potter fan. But as soon as I saw that Jude Law was gonna be Dumbledore, I'm like, you're like, I need to. Okay, I maybe need to I might up. need to watch need the to Fantastic Beasts then. I'll at least watch Fantastic Beasts. Maybe I'll start with that and then go to the to the Harry Potters. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, fuck. If he's Dumbledore, that's pretty badass. It makes a lot of sense too if you you see Dumbledore. Like, after the first two movies, because the other guy left, and then they got the other Dumbledore. They always make fun of the Dumbledore switches. Like, I think South Park made fun of it, where it's like, like five Dumbledores or something like that. It was only two. Yeah, it was, it was only two the two guys. guys. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so it says, uh, Enter Dan, Daniel Brule's Nicky Lauda with a chip on his shoulder the size of Hunt's nighttime libido. Nikki Lauda's German accent was way too strong, which was very annoying and sometimes even hard to understand. I'm wondering why Nikki Lauda, the protagonist of this story, gave his blessing uh, to the use of his name and certainly his impressive life story. A mystery to me. While we learn from the start that Lauda is the best in the world and Hunt is right behind with uh, more hunger to surpass the man he described several times as a rat, we never learn enough about either, deep down, to make their stint on the rip-roaring Indy 500... <laughs> composed, composed of a year-long globe-spanning circuit shown in speedy montage sequences really matter. This I, guy watched the trailer and then wrote yeah, the I felt like I I felt like I learned nothing of significance about the of the two men that the film focuses on. This is particularly true for James Hunt, portrayed by Chris Hemsworth. Other than being a walking cliche, what else is there was there to the man? The film has no answers. It has few more for Daniel Brühl's Nicky Lauda. Perhaps if they had chosen to focus on just one of the men rather than both, they could have told a more interesting story. It's about both their stories, though. Yeah. And this guy clearly either has a girlfriend that totally wants to fuck the shit out of Chris Hemsworth, or he has no girlfriend and never even seen this movie. Right. Watch the trailer, and it's like... Oh, this is about this. the Indianapolis 500. This fuck is this about movie. the Indianapolis 500. Fuck Chris Hemsworth, because <laughs> I could never look like that. Right. So I hate him. Because who Fuck else can look like a fucking Viking god? I mean, come on. Yeah, but I mean, somebody who's let's be honest. Like, if they were going to recast Thor, who the fuck could they get? Uh, I don't know. But pretty much like one of the other Hemsworths. Yeah, I guess. Luke Hemsworth. Luke like, Hemsworth. <laughs> that would be their next Thor. Yeah. Like, uh, what about your younger or younger brother? Would that would he play Thor? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he would. Yeah. Hey, yeah, let's call him in. <laughs> And Liam B. Loki? Yeah, fuck it, why not? <laughs> but uh, but the person who says that, uh, like it says, uh, make their stint on the rip-roaring Indy 500, that those, the, the amount of inaccuracy on that fucking made my brain hurt for about five minutes. Because I'm like, it isn't a stint in Formula One, unless you're 
you know, Julian Palmer. And, oh. and you get fired after like two years. But <laughs> hashtag Julian Palmer. Oh, <laughs> uh, but first of all, if you don't normally have like a stint in Formula One, especially these two, they didn't have a stint in Formula One. A stint in F one is like you're there for like a season or you're there for like maybe a couple of years and then you kinda get the axe like Pastor Maldonado. Who was basically a fucking cruise missile that crashed into everybody? A stint that he is kind of like you guys remember Maven in the WWE, right? Yeah, exactly. That's a stint. That's, a stint. that's that's <laughs> like that's like about that's about what like a year's worth of fame and then you're gone. You know, we're gonna have Maven win the Royal we'll, Rumble because we'll, he won't tough enough. We'll give you your contract. It's like sweet, you're over. Am I getting resigned? No, uh, no. Yeah, you're. Bye. Yeah, nobody gives a shit about it's you, It's like, dude. maybe I can go to another wrestling company. Ring of Honor. It's like, you can't wrestle. Fuck off. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but... The, to I think call he's it... doink now. I think he's doing doink at local wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But remember the other day, we were driving by that uh, guy selling uh, watermelons and oranges and shit. And he yeah. had a thing that said, doink the clown will appear here tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he had that. He had that on there. I think that's Maven. Yeah, I think that's Maven. <laughs> He's got the whoopee cushion and everything. And he's That's got what dink. He is he's, now. Got, he's even he's even found his own dwarf <laughs> to be dink. You know, it, it, for people who don't know '90s wrestling, they will not understand the past three minutes at all. But you but, understand how humiliating that is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, we gonna... all know that season of Tough Enough, Axel should have won. <laughs> but when somebody <laughs> getting back to what the comment said. It says like uh, well, it says in the in the rip roaring Indy five hundred. Okay, roaring. the Indy no five hundred. Like yeah, the Indy five hundred is one fucking race that IndyCar does, and like somebody who does that, like you're confusing open wheel disciplines here, because IndyCar is dramatically different from F one. You know, for one, IndyCar has a lot more things that are regulated. Uh, than F1 does. I mean, teams just can't spend like $50 million in like aerodynamic testing and wind tunnel shit in IndyCar. It doesn't make that much money. Now, IndyCar does pretty well, but it's not what F1 is in terms of its complexity or anything. That's one of the reasons why it's been able to survive in America for so long is because it is relatively cheap. Teams usually can start up an IndyCar with like a decent sponsor. If you have like one decent sponsor that gives you a good chunk of money, you can run an IndyCar team and you can be probably pretty successful because it's a more level playing field than F1. But the Indy 500 is one race. That's not an entire championship. And if you're watching a movie and you think like, oh, well, these guys are on the Indy 500, you haven't been paying attention to fucking anything because they call it Formula One Many, many times in this movie, not at any time do they mention Indianapolis or IndyCar or anything. Yeah, there ain't no Danica Patrick on this movie. Yeah, Danica Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, it's, it sucks that Danica wasn't able to ever win a 500 because she was leading a 500 at one point. Yeah. But, you know, she's retired from racing now, so, you know... The, uh, the one female who actually was able to break, you know, shatter the glass ceiling in racing... And get into, you know, like she raced for Andretti back in the day uh, for Michael Andretti. And then she, you know, she raced in NASCAR for a good long while. I heard she was coming to the WWE to challenge Ronda Rousey. <laughs> oh, God, she would get tossed like a rag doll. she fought Ronda. But, uh, um, but it's like you're not even paying attention to the movie when you say shit like this. 
You know, and then they're like, well, maybe they should have just, you know, focused on one guy instead of the other. You cannot tell the story of James Hunt or Nikki Lauda without having the other guy. The yeah. whole point of this movie is that the two of them pushed each other because Lauda said that, you know, the reason that he was he he found the strength to get back into a car is because he's getting his fucking lungs vacuumed from the fire, the crash that he had at the Nürburgring. He's getting that shit vacuumed out of his lungs. And out of the corner of his eye, he sees James Hunt winning another race. And he was like, you are the reason that made me want to get back into the car because I didn't want to let you beat me. Right. You know, and so that's one of the things, like, James pushed Lauda to go even farther than he normally would have. And it's, I think it's a bit fucked up for somebody to be like, well, why don't they just focus on Nikki or just focus on James? You you can't do that because the stories. The intertwined so much, you, you would have only half the story. The story is about James Hunt and Nicky Lauda. It's not about one or the other. I mean, if you're watching this and you're thinking, like, why don't they just do an individual story, then just probably turn this off. And also, don't go on IMDb and put a bunch of bullshit on there about how you didn't like that fact, because that's what the story is, you and know? start talking about Indy 500. Yeah, and it's like, you're talking about Indianapolis, it has nothing to do with this. It's it's like watching you know the Ali movie and be like I don't know why Mike Tyson wasn't in this yeah this is bullshit why do they focus on Tyson it's like Tyson I'm not even sure was born yet <laughs> yeah this was an Ali movie yeah but they should have showed more Tyson yeah it's like what no you know I mean it, it would be like doing um it'd be like doing a movie about Muhammad Ali but instead of Muhammad Ali you're focused on George Foreman like why don't they make the movie about George Foreman it's like because he lost he lost. <laughs> They don't make the movie about the loser. Yeah. I mean, if you want to make a movie about fucking forming grills and cooking chicken in your fucking kitchen or something. Now, to be honest, I use my George Foreman grill, like, constantly, so I'm not dissing it. It's a fucking really good appliance. Yeah. Him and all of his 13 sons, also named George, are (laughs) doing really good. (laughs) His fucking daughter. Wait, wait, what the hell? Why why do you do that to your kids? Why do you do that? You have no originality, man. Yeah. You got hit in the head by Muhammad Ali way too many times. <laughs> Rope and don't name my kids George. <laughs> <laughs> Never call anybody by the wrong name because they all have the same name. Yeah. Jesus, guy. Yeah, come on, man. But uh, I, d- <laughs> I just think that somebody who's watching this and if they're thinking like they should have split them up, it's like then you don't understand the point of this movie at all. You know, these two guys, I mean, the reason that James pushed himself as much as he did was because Lauda got success before he did. He got into Ferrari, and James was still dealing with Hesketh, you know, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, he, you know, like when he's at, when he's dealing with Hesketh and the, uh, the lower formulas, and they were like, you know, Lauda's in F1 now. And he was like, really? How did he get into F1? And he was like, he, he bought his way into BRM. You know, he gave him a, a, a ton of money, and they took him in. And, you know, he's like, he's like, what? He was like, what? why can't we do that? And so then eventually Hesketh is like, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, basically he was like, to be honest, you know, the idea actually came from Lauda because he was like, we're just going to buy our way into F1, you know? And it's like, you cannot tell the story of these two guys without the other one. Right. It's just impossible, you know? Uh, but uh, so getting to the next point, it says, I was so bored with the first 45 minutes. It was so slow. <laughs> Even the good-looking blonde guy was a drag. <laughs> After 45 minutes into it, there was about five minutes of actual racing. 
went to the restroom, ran into a friend, spoke with him for about 15 minutes, came back to my seat and asked my wife what I miss. She says, absolutely nothing. They went back and forth uh, some more about who had a bigger attitude and who was the better driver, and then I fell asleep. Wife woke me up to see the last and apparently only race. A fairly expensive nap. Skip the first 40 to 45 minutes. At that point, there is some, uh, some great racing footage and an actual feeling of excitement, and you will not be lost in the plot line. From there, you can skip the incident and jump to more racing or just finish this predictable flick. I'm no racing fan, but I have enjoyed racing films before. As it is, it's a superficial drama about two men with unimpressive racing footage sprinkled throughout. <laughs> well, he, he tells you he didn't watch this movie. Yeah, basically he, he was he, like, I took a nap and then I woke up to see the final race at Suzuka, uh, which was the and Japanese his wife, who probably didn't even want to see this fucking movie in the first place. Right. It's like nothing happened. She was probably like... Playing on her phone. She's probably on her phone fucking playing Snake on her Nokia. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Nokia's are ruining yeah. everyone. Fucking ruin everybody's movie experience because you're playing Snake on you're your Nokia phone. Snake on your Nokia's. Put the snake down. <laughs> <laughs> or if anything else, if you're bored, do something to your fucking husband who's sitting there fucking asleep. Like, you could give him a handy J or something, you know? It's like... No, do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a dick. He doesn't deserve that. Handy J? I heard it called that on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, I just it <laughs> so you're quoting Always Sunny. Yeah. It's always dangerous. <laughs> yeah, Always Sunny is always dangerous. Especially mm -hmm. to quote. Especially uh, if you're quoting Dennis. Right, yeah, exactly. Because he's probably a serial killer. Yeah. Most uh, likely. He's Steve a has like an entire like fan theory about that. Yes. But uh but, you know, it's like the whole thing where it's like, skip the first 40 to 45 minutes. Can you understand really any movie if you skip the first 40 minutes? It would drive me crazy if I missed, like, two minutes of any movie that I'm watching for the first time. Because you never know what might be important. Yeah, because I, I don't like to watch, like, if I miss something, like, even if I'm watching, like, a show, and, like, I miss it, I have to instantly rewind it and then rewatch, see what I missed. Right. I, it drives me crazy. I have to be able to put all the pieces together. So Can you think of any movie that you've watched that you could jump the first 45 minutes, jump straight in, and be totally fine and not need any of the beginning of the movie? Um, just, the, to, just to put you on the spot, can you think of anything off the top of your head that you could skip That I could, minutes? like, if, if I skip 40 minutes of a movie that I've never seen before, or have I just skipped to a certain part of a movie that I have seen before? Well, we could do either way, but I would say that, like, can you think of a movie that you have watched before, you've already seen it, and missing the first 40 minutes would not be a problem? Uh, no, not really, but having said that, I have watched Revenge of the Sith fight scene, like, just skip straight to that before, <laughs> because that's Watch Obi-Wan versus Anakin, that's a bit different. Yeah. But... In terms, and, but you already know what the story is because you've already watched it like 80 billion times. Yeah. And then you're like, I want to see anything get his ass kicked by Obi-Wan. Yeah, so I'll be jump like, straight to yeah, it. Yeah, I want to see that particular part. But a lot of times I'll watch that and then go back to the first and then just rewatch the whole movie. Yeah. Like, I got to see this. I'm really pumped about seeing this again. Then watch it and be like, okay, now I'm going to the first. Yeah. Let's. But, like, since we mentioned Harry Potter, like, you literally cannot do that to any of those movies. Yeah. Like, even if you've seen them, like, a hundred times, like I have, you can't be like, oh, I want to skip to this part. No, you can't do that. 
Could you do that with any of the Lord of the Rings movies? No, you can't do that no. with any of those movies. You can't be like, okay, shit about the like I haven't thing. seen these movies in like a year or two, so I'm just going to put in like Return of the King and go straight to the end. It's like, no, you can't do it. You, you, won't, you won't be no satisfied. Anything. You won't be satisfied by just seeing him throw the ring in the fire. Yeah. You know, that's that wouldn't that wouldn't feel great. And I think that that's... you got to spend nine hours watching all three of those movies, <laughs> and then you'll feel amazingly... Watch the Peter Jackson fucking mega super cut ultra edition. Yeah, which is like 26 hours long. Yeah, it's a wow. marathon, basically. But it's a good marathon of elves and magic and... It's like marathon banging in the stone. Right. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Tantric, you know? Tantric, Tantric sex. Tantric sex... <laughs> so part. good it's like touching a bag of sand right <laughs> I have no fucking clue what that means 40 year old virgin bag of sand oh yeah yeah that's right <laughs> I, I totally lost that reference in the middle there I did not remember where that was from but anyway um, but uh, you know it's like if you're going to go on IMDB and you're going to complain about a movie and it's a movie that you 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 basically said that you fell asleep during, and then you basically just kind of like woke up to watch the very end of it, you know, when they're dealing with that last race in Suzuka for the championship. It's like, you you have no fucking clue what's going on, and then you go on IMDb and bitch about it. Most normal people would be like, yeah, I ended up falling asleep during that movie. I'm not really going to say anything until I maybe watch it all the way through. Or just maybe don't say anything because maybe it's not your movie. If it's that boring and you fell asleep... Then maybe you need to watch different kinds of movies. And obviously, you know nothing about racing, so I'm wondering why I even seen this. Movie. Why would you? Yeah, it's like I'm not a fan of like, it's like I'm not a, I'm not a racing fan. I'm not a but I have fan watched... of this Indy 500 stuff. Yeah, all this Indy 500 bullshit. It's like <laughs> there's no Indy 500 anywhere in this. The only thing in this movie that can be considered like close to Indianapolis would be Mario Andretti because Mario, you don't see Mario really except for on the track in this movie, but he's a he's a character in the movie. Oh, I thought you were yeah. going to say James Hunt's penis. Oh, no, that's pro- that's probably that probably is big enough to wrap around <laughs> Indianapolis. <laughs> it's like I love. Do you know how you know how long my cock is? It's like how long it can actually do a lap in Indianapolis and then put me in the butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's pretty fucked up. Meanwhile, Tom Cruise is like, I can do two laps, bitch. Yep. <laughs> yep, and that's why he is a Scientologist. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. That comment makes no sense. Right, yeah. How, many, how are you going to criticize a movie that you barely watched? It doesn't make sense. Then you're going to go on IMDb and bitch about it. How okay. the fuck do you do that? I don't know. Let's see, what what, what else does these bitches have? They, okay. Did they have anything original? Yeah, well, some people did, but uh, so it's so this one because all I've heard so far is them bitching about Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, which you know I think we're pretty much at the end of that. I don't know if any of the, any of the rest of it does that. I don't remember. I think I put all the James Hunt stuff in one paragraph, but or all the Hemsworth stuff about seems James. like it went on forever. Well, it was a big complaint uh, forever. Forever. Uh, but Sandlot it's, reference. We got to reference it. Are isn't that a thing where if you reference something, you need to say the name of the movie? It's just like a, uh, I don't think it's like a legal rule, but it's just like a courtesy rule. Right. So like, people are like, oh, that was kind of funny. Where did that come from? And then it's yeah. like, oh, that's the movie. Yeah, From yeah. Sandlot. Like, yeah. where he's like, forever. Yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah. That was, that was from our childhood. 
The yeah. shit was funny. Then they ruined it with Sandlot 2 or whatever. <laughs> Revengeance. <laughs> Revengeance. Was that what it was called? <laughs> no. I was about to say, did they call it Revengeance? <laughs> Sandlot 2 Revengeance. There's no revenge. The yeah. dog thing was in their head the whole time. Right. It was just a really nice dog. Wait, the dog wasn't real? I fucking don't remember that No, movie. the dog was real, but uh, it was like a playful dog. It wasn't like a murderous bees dog like they kept saying it Oh, was. it's been so long since I've watched that movie. I forgot. James Earl Jones was the, the guy. He was the blind guy with all the signed baseballs. Yeah, I don't, I don't really remember that movie. Damn it. I don't it's know. Movie, I wonder man. if I actually watched Sandlot. I don't know if what I the did. F- well, I just ruined the whole movie for you if you've never seen it. <laughs> well, you know what? We're way past spoilers. That's your fault. Yeah. It's a, a 20 year old movie, man, or whatever. 25 years old. Who cares? Uh, but anyway. Tom Hanks was the voice at the during the movie. He's telling the story. You never see his face. Yeah. But it's Tom fucking Hanks. It's he like did on, uh, Big. That's his most known movie, right? Tom Hanks, Big? Uh, yeah. No, sure. Turner and Hooch. Turner and Hooch. Turner and Hooch, yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Splash. Splash. Splash is legendary. Splash it's, comes up later in the fucking comments. fucking Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah. Yeah, the Splash comes up later in the comments. In these comments? Yeah, it does. It comes up. Uh, so anyway, moving to the next the, to the next thing. Uh, I was disappointed how little racing footage was shown. I have yet to see a properly made movie about the drama that uh, that occurs on track during a race. I don't know why directors claim that watching racing is boring. We get glimpses of the forces at hand as the camera is jerked around when attached to the car. I suppose ultimately they are afraid to spend the money to make such action scenes. The hype for this film belies the second-rate racing sequences, especially the claim that one would feel as if he or she was in the cockpit of an F1 car. After all these years, Howard still can't figure out how to deliver action without having to explain it to you, and as such relies heavily on screenwriter Peter Morgan's heavy-handed exposition to tell you what you need to know. Morgan accomplishes this by having sportscasters yell into microphones about how the action taking place is so exciting. The result is condescending. Howard clearly has a passion for sports competition and wants to make a film comparable to the best sports films. And that he succeeds. Beyond that, it's little more than typical sports propaganda complete with product placement as if the film itself sold out ad space. There was no feeling to the story. I didn't see the world from the 1970s. There was no F1 feeling, no petrol head passion, just a pale excuse of a movie. Wow. So, That's... but, like, I I think the, the problem that they have is that, like, for one, a lot of times, unless you understand racing to a degree, if you're, like, a really big, like, diehard fan, like, I've been a big F1 fan since, like, I really got into it and oh, watched it. I thought it. you were saying you were a diehard fan. Oh, I am. <laughs> John McLean is basically my spirit animal. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, 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 okay. By the way, fuck Hans Gruber. German piece of shit. No, we can't say that. Legally. Oh. Alan Rickman. No, okay. <laughs> uh, no, also, just kidding. Fuck Hans Gruber. Alan Rickman's awesome. Yeah. Oh, one thing, while I'm, while I'm just thinking about it, because I, I, I was meaning to say it earlier and I forgot about it, but when somebody talked about like uh, Daniel Brühl's German accent was too thick and too difficult to deal with, that's not a German accent, it's an Austrian accent, because that's what Nicky Lott is. It's oh, yeah, Austrian. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, for people who are like watching this, and they're like, oh, he's just talking like a really thick German accent. It's like, you know nothing about Nicky Lauda. He's Our Austrian. culture. Our culture. You it sounds nothing like German. Yeah. His face just looks German. 
Yeah, because he is German. <laughs> yeah, his face is German. But he's doing an Austrian accent. He's doing Nicky Lauda's accent in this movie. But, anyway. But, but also, a- what I was thinking about is young Alan Rickman could have definitely played James Hunt with a blonde wig. Yeah, maybe. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um... But, uh, you know, I've been a big fan of F1. Like, I really started to watch it, like, I would say, like, He started watching it yesterday. Right, yeah, sure. (laughs) Uh, But I started really getting into it, I think, around, like, 2004 or 5 is when I started watching it on TV, like, all the time. Like, I knew some stuff about F1, but I didn't really know the history of it much until I started watching it more. And so it's like, for me, when I watch a race... I know a lot of the drama that's going on with, like, a team, whether it's, you know, you know, somebody's having issues with their tires, somebody's having engine issues, their aerodynamics is fucked up, or whatever, and then I know pretty much, like, what the drama of the race is because I understand how a race goes. Some races are exciting, and you're like, fuck, I don't know who's going to win. Other races are basically like, well, you know, the pole setter basically took the race win, and they, they never got challenged. That yeah. happens in F1 sometimes. The drama usually is, who is Sebastian Vettel going to piss off? <laughs> and Probably how many people is Max going to pass? Right, yeah. That's usually and, how it goes. And what kind of crazy shit is Daniel Ricciardo going to do to try and make it pass and make it work? But, you know, but that's the thing. Without like, wrecking Max. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then blaming all the wrecks on Max. We're not, yeah, we're, uh, we're not, we're not going to talk about Baku. Uh, no, but, <laughs> I want to talk. I was fucking pissed about that. Steve race. was pretty pissed about that race. I was <laughs> pissed about that race too, because as soon as Daniel hit up in the in the uh, gearbox of Max's car and basically like took them both out, it's like, damn it, guys. Like you know, but anyway, but I understand like the drama of a race and understand how it works. For a regular person watching on TV that maybe isn't like a huge racing fan, you rely on the broadcasters to basically give you information on what's going on, like. In America, for people who maybe, you know, watch, like, Sky Sports and stuff, like, I do F1 TV now, so I pay the, you know, monthly subscription, and I watch it that way. So I do get the Sky feed now with, like, Martin Brundle and, Bragg. You know, and, and Croft, you know, Crofty and all those guys. And so I, I watch the Sky TV broadcast now, um, but if, like, if you don't know how it was, like, with America, uh, for the longest time, you had... Uh, Steve Matchett and David Hobbs doing the commentary because had, you know Steve Matchett was the he was one of the mechanics for Benetton that was you know there during the time when Michael Schumacher was at Benetton and won two world championships with them and then David Hobbs was an old F1 driver from back in the day and he did you know sports car racing and all that kind of stuff and so my introduction into F1 and learning about it was really from you know Steve Matchett and David Hobbs. And so I relied a lot on them explaining to me, like when Matchett would explain, like what's going on with the tires, what's going on with the suspension, you know, the toe in, toe out, all the different like things, you know, like the the this, the the rake angle and stuff like that, the diffuser angle, all these different things that like a regular person would just glaze over and have no idea what's right. going on. So it's like you have to a lot of times in order to understand this world. You have to like, rely on the commentators to explain what's going on, and so this person's like, "Well, that's bullshit because like, can't they just tell the story of the race without having to have like people like, oh, and you know, James Hunt just passes Nicky Lauda. What can Lauda do to respond? You know?" And they're like, "Why do they have to do it like that?" It's like because when you watch a race, that's what the fuck it looks like. 
That's what. Ha that's how you get your information. That's how you know what's going on. So using the broadcasters is not like totally out of what reality is. You know, that's what the reality is. You rely on the broadcasters to give you information about what's going on during a race. Right. You know, and the other thing too, where they were talking about like you know, this is just like you know, this is almost like a like a like, a, like an advertisement because of like all the company logos everywhere. Uh, go to any fucking Formula One race, practically ever, and what do you see on cars, Steve? What are the little stickers that you see all over the cars? Yeah, they're sponsors. Sponsors. People are paying money into the team so that they can have their logo on the outside of the car. Can you race without sponsors? No. You no. have to have someone paying for your shit. Exactly. And uh, another thing, um, this movie only costs $38 million to make. Right. Okay. So, just to put that in perspective, in 1987, there was this really, really shitty movie called Rad. About BMX racing. Oh, okay. I don't know if you know that. It cost $11 million in 87 to make, which would have right. been about $24 million in today's money. Right. Just let that sink in. Okay. Rad. Have you ever heard of Rad? No. Okay. So, it made no money. It made like $410,000 in the theaters. It's got a cult following, but I still doubt it's made that money back. Uh, so, this was made with $38 million in 2013. That's a super low budget film. Yeah. And uh, they got Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Brühl. So, Chris probably had to do this movie for, I don't know, like a couple million dollars. Yeah, probably. When he was definitely worth more than that at the time. Because, I mean, he's already, you know, he's an Avenger, and, you know, he's already doing other movies. I mean, he yeah. was in Star Trek and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Which is where he was found at Star Trek. Yeah. And we'll we'll eventually get into the uh, into the Abrams Star Trek movies. The get Abrams down to verse. the nitty-gritty. But, uh, but, you know, it, it's like, the other thing, too, and I don't know if you found this in the notes... But the cars that they used in the movie... Formula 3. Were they... So they are Formula 3 cars? Is yeah, the, they were... Uh, they were put Formula 1 models over the Formula 3 engines because they would not allow Chris or Daniel to drive the Formula 1 cars. Oh, okay. Because I was wondering about that. I was like, did they actually use... Now, some of the cars that they used that were not driven were actual period... They were actually real cars from the era. Right. Yeah. Uh, like cars that were not actually driven, but were just shown on the track, were accurate historically. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, all the other cars that were surrounding them were F1 cars, and they were actually driven by their actual F1 drivers. Okay. So actual F1 drivers were in the other cars. Okay. To do the to do the, the stunts and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Because the they wouldn't let anybody else drive those cars. Yeah. They let Chris and Daniel drive their cars, but they had to be Formula Three cars. With Formula One bodies. Okay, so the outside shell of like the Hesketh and the BRM, the Ferrari, right. the McLarens, that was just a shell over top of the, the Formula, Formula Three, Three engine body. Okay, yeah. that would make sense then, I guess, because some of those cars, especially some of like Mickey Lauda's like championship-winning Ferraris, those right. would be in a museum, I would imagine. 
Uh, yeah, and, and, uh, at least somewhere protected. Like, yeah. they, they're not going to let you drive those cars, but this movie was important to everyone. And mm-hmm. it got a stand innovation by the community of F1, so... Yeah, when they showed it to everybody. Um, but, uh, so the the next part, so this is, uh, this is the, the penultimate comment here. Uh, I have one at the end. Uh, but it says, uh, if you are interested in F1, I suggest that in lieu of wasting money on this film... One should either rent or buy the 1966 movie Grand Prix. Really? That film... I remember playing the game on Game Boy Grand Prix. Suck. <laughs> I don't think it has any relation to the movie. Uh, but anyway... Oh, it's exactly like the movie. It's just The story's like, the exact same. Yeah, because real life has actually made it. <laughs> um, uh, but it says, uh, That film brilliantly presented the thrill and drama of F1 and all its glory, excitement, and tragedy. Grand Prix storyline is generally considered rather weak, but that is a very small concession for the incredible racing sequences. John Frankenheimer was an extraordinary director who visually captured the excitement of open cockpit racing in what was truly his golden era. Ron Howard, on the other hand, uses a combination of slapdash racing sequences and optical effects which fail, in my estimation, to truly convey the stunning excitement of this incredible sport. The car racing uh, scenes are, are techno, Meaning that they are quick cutaways and close-ups of people's faces. Uh, a lot of nothing. If you want a race movie, go see Grand Prix. This is uh, getting good reviews because Ron Howard directed it. Sad. The guy has lost whatever went into making Apollo 13 or Beautiful Mind or Splash. No, if you... <laughs> wow. <laughs> I told you Splash would wow. come back. No, if you want a good racing movie, go see Biker Boys. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what this guy's basically saying. Uh, that's that's just some asshole like trolling Ron Howard. Ron Howard's one of the greatest directors of our time. This yeah. movie proves nothing different. I've liked every Ron Howard movie that I've ever seen. I've never Cinderella Man is the greatest movie he's ever directed. In my opinion. <laughs> my favorite that he's directed was Apollo thirteen. I've literally never seen you watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking have the like the, the like the the Blu-ray. Just like, because you have it doesn't mean you watch it a lot. I fucking watched it like eight times since I've had that copy. When have you watched it recently? Like I don't know, like three years ago. But still, <laughs> I've watched it a shit ton. <laughs> Steve almost spit beer all over the microphone, the mixing oh, board, everything. <laughs> I gotta play Skyrim, man. I ain't got time to watch Apollo 13 all the fucking time. Even though it's got fucking Tom Hanks in it and Lieutenant Dan. Uh, Real name, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lieutenant you know, uh, you know Lieutenant, Lieutenant Dan. Dan. You mean Gary Sinise? No, no, no. Yeah. Lieutenant Dan. You know, like, it always... He had <laughs> legs and snake eyes. He had no legs and Forrest Gump. Right. Get it right. Um, I don't know about you, but I've always thought that Gary Sinise kind of looked like uh, like Al Gore a little bit. No. <laughs> is that just me? <laughs> that is just you. Yeah, okay. Uh, but, you know, like, the thing is, like, with racing, especially, like, for racing movies, is that, you know, you can do it in different ways, but it's like, in order to make it something where it, you get the, the sense of the of the race and you get the excitement of it, Without having to sit, because most F1 races are usually an hour and a half. That's a typical Grand Prix length. Mm -hmm. Unless it's shortened because of, you know, like weather or, you know, rain or something like that. But a typical Grand Prix distance 
is an hour and a half usually. That's how long the race normally takes, and well, at least in modern days. So, the thing is, is that like some of your F1 races, like you basically have to cut races down to really highlights because there's a lot of laps where it's just guys just doing laps and they're not passing anybody, and you're just waiting for pit stops to happen, or you're waiting for somebody to have a mechanical failure or something. You don't have time to do that in a movie, especially in a movie that is so heavily based on the drama of these two guys' lives. You know, like, you have to show Lauda's relationship with his life, or with his wife, and you have to show James and, like, how he, like, his relationships are really fucked up, you know, and that kind of thing. But then also you have to show... You know, the race at the Nürburgring when Nicky had his crash and was burned over the majority of his body. And, you know, he has that because that is that is basically like the thing that reforged Lauda into the competitor that he was. Uh, do you so, think if they made a movie about, like, let's say, like, last year or something like that or recent racing, would, would they just be like, okay, so we got to have exciting stuff happen in every race. And it's like, okay, so every race we're going to have McLaren either... <laughs> Wreck, are their engine stops? <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, you have retirements in a, at a lot of races. You have races that where you know you'll have like you know six people that have like either engine issues or they crashed or whatever. You know, it happens. I mean, at those speeds and considering how precise you have to be, winning a championship in Formula One is extremely fucking difficult. Especially I mean, if you're McLaren. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, if you were a McLaren back in like the '90s or the '80s. When you had like people like Ayrton Senna, and then at one point they had Alan Prost too. They had two of the best drivers in the world on their team. How the fuck do you stop that? But then later on, once they got into the 90s, then they had Mika Hakkinen. They won two championships with Mika Hakkinen. Yeah, Mika Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Mika Fitzpatrick. No, no, no. Mika Hakkinen. Yeah, that's one what of I the said. greatest. Mika finish... Fitzpatrick. He's a dolphin safety. Right? <laughs> but, uh, you know. Uh, he's also one of the greatest Finnish drivers of all time. Well, you know, in the country they call Finland. We all know it's just a giant ocean. It's a conspiracy theory. Russia and Japan need that fucking place to fish so they can dominate the world. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. Even though Japan's a bunch of fucking islands and they're surrounded by ocean. They have no fish. They have no fish, apparently. I don't know where the fuck that sushi comes from. Apparently it comes from the place where Finland's supposed to be. But and all the Finnish people are just in on it, the fucking sneaky son of a bitch. Yeah. They're really all Russians. But, uh, you know... Denmark's it's... the same way. That's not real. But, you know, the thing is, is that, like, you know, the thing about something like Grand Prix is that, you know, that, that came out in 1966. They had way different ways of making movies back then than you do now. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you made a if you made a movie, if you made a, a direct... You can't slap women in the face now in movies. I yeah. Mean, that's how they used to make it back in the day. Like, it wouldn't even be anything. He'd just come home and be like, hey, how was your day? And he'd be like, yeah, where's my supper? <laughs> right. But you can't do shit like that anymore because it's and horrible. Good thing we can't. Yeah. Because no one should do that. Right. It's just <laughs> terrible. But, you know, I, I think that, like, for people that say that, like, well, you know, Grand Prix is obviously a better movie. Grand Prix doesn't have anywhere near the substance of the characters that this does. Yeah, I mean, for like somebody who's like just a pure fan of racing, it's pretty cool to watch that movie because I've watched I've watched most of that. I've never actually finished the movie Grand Prix because it, it is aside from the racing, it's it is kind of boring. There's not a lot going on. Grand Prix is the one where you have uh, Obi Wan Kenobi racing Picard. 
And then they end up crashing at the end. No, he was he was racing Janeway. He was racing Janeway. That's he, right. Captain Janeway from That's, Voyager. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And then you know, and then Worf basically he ends up like wrecking on like lap three, and he, yeah, he takes he out up. the Star Trek guy. He takes really out Tony LaForge. That good, you know? Yeah, um, the Force is with him. So. Right. <laughs> I mean, what can you do? I mean, the Force is better than phasers or whatever. Oh, yeah. But, like, for somebody to say that, like, he doesn't know how to do action, it's like, you apparently have never watched any of the Da Vinci movies. Yeah. The Da Vinci Cut movies? Like, he's really good at doing action in those. I mean, Tom Hanks is a fucking action star. Right. Ever watch Road to Perdition? Yeah. Uh, but, so... Our big? Come on. We've dropped a lot of Tom Hanks. But if you're talking about a Ron Howard movie, you're going to end up talking about Tom Hanks, because that's like his boy. Yeah. You know? You're my boy, Tom. It would be like it would be like Tarantino doing a movie without Samuel L. Jackson. It's just like, it just seems like It's awesome. not going to happen anymore. It's like, okay, I'm doing a movie. The uh, first casting, it always just says Samuel L. Jackson. It just it's says like, Samuel L. Jackson. It's like, it's like, I'm going to write somebody for him. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Back in the day, it just used to like read like, Okay, casting call. It's like, okay, who are we looking for? Well, I already have a Samuel Jackson. I already have an Uma Thurman. <laughs> yeah. What about John Travolta? No, fuck that guy. He's in Scientology now. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still kind of pissed about Battlefield Earth. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to cast him because I saved his career. Then he did Battlefield Earth with Barry Pepper. Right. And I was like, what? <laughs> I save your career and then you do this movie? To ruin it? To ruin it again? <laughs> Why did I do all this? Oh, man. Uh, but anyway, so to to kind of wrap it up, I guess, here with this last bit, it says... Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap that shit up, B. <laughs> Dave Chappelle show reference. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it says the ending, or more to the point, the last half hour, felt like a story searching for a powerful finish that it never found. The movie spends a great deal of time on relationships and exploring... Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's what your wife said. <laughs> Powerful finish that never found. I think I'm there. I think I'm there. Oh, never mind. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on Twitter and fuck around. Like, oh, really? Uh, exploring what their relationships are about, but I never felt there was too much time uh, and sacrifice for good old racing footage for the touchy feely stuff. So a lot of people's complaining that like this should have been like a ninety percent racing movie. Right. Even though like, that's it, not it, even what it's about. It's like if you wanted to see something that was about racing, just fucking go, you know, and, and just watch, like, actual, like, races. Just yeah. watch real Formula One, and you will get the racing action that you crave. I mean, YouTube existed. Yeah. Watch those races. Our well, they get taken down by Formula One management. Like, if you put a full race on YouTube, you get struck, like, immediately by copyright shit. Well, that's kind of a dick move. You can't even show, whatever. like, clips of a race generally. Uh, otherwise, you get, like, copyright stuff. Because there's a guy that I uh, watch on YouTube. Uh, his name is, like, Flows. It's, like, F-L-O-Z. And he does, like, really fucking... He does, like... He's one person, and he does, like, his own Formula One documentaries. And they're fucking really really good for a guy who just does this shit on his own on youtube mm -hmm. but every time he puts up something he has to deal with copyright shit because he did he did uh, an entire movie it was like an hour and 30 hour and 40 minutes about uh nico rosberg versus lewis hamilton and he called it the silver war and it was stuck in like all kinds of bullshit because formula one management didn't want him to show it because it had you know footage from the races in it you well, know? yeah, I mean, you got to get rights for that. That you can't, you can't do that. 
But, I mean, you know, he's basically like, look, he's like, I don't monetize the videos. He was like, I don't make money on these videos, really, so why are they being so butthurt? And they're like, well, you can't, you know, but he's like, I'm doing clips. I'm not showing full races. I'm basically showing clips from the entire season. You know, I'm basically showing, like, highlights and showing the story of how something, you know, unfolds over the course of a year. You know, and yeah, most like, people that do documentaries though need permission. Yeah, but I mean, he's doing this pretty much like independently. But yeah, they really you can get permission independently. Most documentarians do it independently. Yeah, but you know, I I think that to get to the end of this movie and they're like, well, it never really pays off. It's like you just you know because I know some people were like, it, it, it no, they was, weren't just gonna make some shit up. So you think the ending would. Yeah, it'd be like, so at the end of it, James Hunt became super god emperor and ruled the universe. Yeah, they're like, to go fight. It went to go fight aliens, and then he met Picard, and then he met Obi-Wan, you know? And then he pitted <laughs> Picard against Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan chopped his fucking head off. Yeah. And Picard was dead. And then Picard's blood splashed on Jordy's visor, and then he went blind again, Yeah. You know? It's really sad. It's, it's really dark. Sad. It's dark. It's, it's a dark all movie. in the same universe. It's the same shit. Yeah, I mean, they really. you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, same shit. They yeah. have star in the title. Yeah, Star Trek takes <laughs> place in the Star Wars universe. We all know this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, you know, I mean, Gene Roddenberry's just like, I'm gonna rip this shit off, and uh, even though Star Trek was first, oh, and I'm not original at all because I talked to George Lucas before I made this, and. Uh, I knew what he was planning to do, so I ripped off all his ideas. I ripped it all off, except I was like, I'm not going to make this shit action like George is. I'm going to make it with a lot of talking. Right. <laughs> and a lot of Shakespearean actors. Right. They do get a lot. But, I mean, I guess if you can if you can do Shakespeare, you can be like the captain of a ship. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a, a logical, qualification. That's, uh, a, that's qualification. a qualification. So, yeah. you're saying Keanu Reeves should be a captain of the Star Trek. He could be, yeah. You know, you could do let's that. Let's make that happen, right? Let's, Shouldn't let's... he be the next villain? Like, they're like, okay, we're bringing back George Kirk in this next movie, and then we're, you know, of course we have Jim, and it's like, uh, okay, well, who are we going to get to be the villain? We've had some pretty awesome villains, like Idris Elba, uh, fucking Eric Bana, um, fucking Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. I mean, Keanu Reeves, I mean, I think that's the next step, right? Unless you go for like, unless you go for Leo, but then if you have Leo as a villain, I mean, Leo's not gonna do that. Yeah, he probably would. He's not gonna do Star Trek. <laughs> Leo would be like, uh, yeah, if I do Star Trek, I win. I kill everyone, and I win an Oscar. Yeah. Uh, we can't make that movie. No one would like for everyone on the Enterprise to die. It's like, yeah, they will if I'm the guy that kills them. Right. That's hard but, to argue uh, with that. <laughs> but okay. I think at the end of this movie, just to kind of like wrap it up, it's like I think. For people that got to the end of this and they're like, well, that's kind of like, you know, like, you know, some people were like, that's kind of like unfinished business because you basically just have Lau to wrap it up that, like, you know, two years after he won the championship, he retired and then he eventually became like a broadcaster later on and yeah. like that kind of stuff. But it's like, that's just how James's life went. And then eventually, you know, he died of a heart attack at 45. And so for Lau I mean, he continued on, you know, he won, you know, several more championships in, in Formula One and then. You know, eventually went on, and now he's you know the uh, he's the non-executive chairman of Mercedes F1 team, Mercedes right. Petronas, and so he owns you know ten percent of the team. He's he's president at every race. So whenever you see the you know the Mercedes uh, you know pits, the garage, you see Nicky back there with his red hat on, his Novomatic hat. That he gets a million dollars a year for. Right, yeah, that he gets paid a million dollars a year for to have free advertising on his ball cap, but. 
you know, you see Nikki around, and it's basically like, you know, he's basically like a he's like a living legend because of what he did for Formula One. I mean, he basically in the seventies. I mean, his rivalry against James Hunt is really what started to put F one on the map. You didn't really get anything close to this until you got to uh, Ayrton Senna versus Alan Prost in like the eighties. But the original, like the kind of precursor of all this, and getting it on TV and getting everybody to be interested in the races was Nikki Nikki Lauda versus James Hunt and. You know, at the end of it, it's basically like, you know, Lauda has his life and James has his life. And, you know, you get to, like, really where the apex of this movie was, to use a racing reference, you know, the apex of a corner. Yeah. The apex of this movie, where it eventually stops, is when James wins that championship. Because for him, that's mission accomplished. I've right. proven that I'm one of the greatest drivers in the world, and I'm done. You don't. I mean, the way that it wraps up, I think, is, is pretty cool. Because That's how it should like, wrap up. Yeah, because I mean, they went on and lived their lives. This was just one piece of their two lives, and I think they did a pretty good job with it. Ron Howard did a good job with this. And for yeah. anybody who wants to be, you know, mean about it, like in comments and like be all butthurt and, and hateful about it on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, you know, it's like you don't understand like the story of this of, of what they were trying to do with this and how these two guys affected each other. But, you know, it's like if you don't get it, that's fine. Because I appreciate the movie. Steve appreciated the movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. You know, and I think that of racing movies, this is one of my favorites now. Right. You know, it, Driven used to be on there. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Okay. No. So, guys, don't watch Driven. Watch Rush. Watch Rush. Um, Far better movie. We'll see what Rally Car has for us in store whenever it comes out. And this yeah. has been Beyond the Hate. Peace. Thank you.